0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name, the place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice, whether you're just getting started or looking to grow. That's keepdreamingup.net. You're listening to Love Advice with Leanne. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnPackers, and you can find all of the episodes plus some little breakout elements at lockdownpackers.com. This is our extra show this week, and, and one of the reasons why we had to do it twofold. Number one, the Packers announced on Friday, that Aaron Rodgers is going on IR, successful surgery on the collarbone. He sent an Instagram uh, from the hospital saying, surgery went well, going to come back even stronger, the classic athlete hospital picture. But what Adam Schefter also reported on Friday was that the Packers have not ruled out Rodgers' return. Now that he's on IR, he has to be out at least eight weeks the We talked about it earlier in the week. The surgery could actually expedite the, the rehab process. I misspoke before that saying that, that it could prolong it. Um, part of the reason is a plate is going in to stabilize the bone. And while there is a second surgery to take the plate out eventually, the plate actually helps stabilize the bones, which means that Rogers could rehab it sooner. Things are more stable in there, and it and it um, it would allow him to get back on the field sooner rather than later. There is no guarantee that that means he gets back on the field at all. But the good news for them is they do not have other critical players on IR that they need to take off. So they could put him on IR, and he could return after eight weeks. It's not like in, say, 2010 where there was a bevy of of long-term injuries for Green Bay. The moral of the story is this is Brett Hundley's team for the next eight weeks at least. And Schefter in that report also said there is a feeling inside the league. And this this jives with what I have heard, with what people have told me in and around the league. This is what Josh Kassenstein, who you'll hear later from the Times-Picayune, said that he had been hearing as well. That there is optimism about Brett Hundley and his ability to play well. McCarthy is in on Brett Hundley. He has put the time in. He believes in Brett Hundley. And if the team believes in Brett Hundley, remember, Matt Flynn went 2-2-1 two, two, as the quarterback. Brett Hundley is infinitely more talented, and this offense is more talented, especially with a healthy offensive line, which is the next thing that we have to talk about, and that is Brian Belaga and David Bakhtiari came off the injury report on Friday. They are healthy. They are ready to go for Sunday, which is critical, playing a team with Cameron Jordan. If they can give Brett Hundley time, he can be successful. It's critical, absolutely critical. The Packers have to give Brett Hundley the best opportunity to succeed, which means having him protected. Now, I do think you're going to see them move the pocket. You're going to see them use some max protect plays, some play actions, and try and get down the field. But he has to be able, they have to be able to run the ball effectively, which they can do against the Saints. We talked about it yesterday. Aaron Jones and Ty Montgomery have to have to play a role in this offense, a bigger one than they have played. Ty Montgomery was a full participant all week. He's still got the flak jacket. Those ribs are not healed, but he's going to be able to play. This offense, minus Aaron Rodgers, unfortunately, is the healthiest it's been at the key positions all year. Lane Taylor is still out with the ankle, although he was listed as doubtful on the injury report Friday despite not practicing all week. It looked like a more serious injury live that he would be out a longer time, and and who knows, he may still be. But the fact that not practicing all week, he's only doubtful rather than just out, suggests that he's making progress. Coming off the bye, this Packers team, minus Aaron Rodgers, could be fully healthy which is in some ways a shame that that the one big injury that they do have is the only injury they can't afford to have but especially if you are of the belief that it is worth holding out hope and the packers are of the belief that it's worth holding out hope for Aaron Rodgers to come back then 4 and 4 5 and 3 from green bay that keeps them right in it they're only 4 and 2 i know it i know it seems bad they're only 4 and 2 If Rodgers is out eight weeks, they only have to win four games to stay in it. If they're eight and six with two games to play, they have a shot. Now, defensively, the Packers got some good news, too. Quinton Dial, not listed on the injury report Friday. He's going to be critical in stopping the Saints' run game. Ahmad Brooks is not going to play in this game. He's still dealing with the back issue. But Nick Perry has been given the all clear. He was a limited participant, but was taken off the injury list on Friday. Packers didn't practice on Friday. These are projected designations, but Nick Nick Perry has been given the green light. Lindsey Pipkins made it through concussion protocol. He was a full partic- He was considered a full participant on Friday, even though the Packers didn't actually practice. Listed as a full participant on the injury report. The problem for Green Bay is Devon House and Demarius Randall are were both limited all week and are both listed as questionable. Obviously, House didn't play last week with the with the quad. Soft tissue injuries are notoriously finicky. Demarius Randall was in and out against the Vikings. If King and Randall can play, that's huge. Because Morgan Burnett is still out. They need someone they can trust in the slot. If they can have King, Randall, Hawkins, and Pipkins, they could be in a worse scenario. They went they went from two healthy corners to now potentially four or three and a half. Given the Saints offense, that could be enough. Because they really only have three receivers you need to worry about. But Drew Brees is Drew Brees.
0: The list.
1: All right. We're going to get to Josh Katzenstein from the Times-Picayune. He is here to talk about the Saints, what this team is going to look like, a, a, a further discussion about how New Orleans is going to attack Brett Hundley, what to expect, and then potentially how Green Bay can attack the Saints. Where are the weaknesses? Where are the strengths? And I want to give you a better idea of what to expect from the game on Sunday. That is always my goal. So let's bring in Josh Katzenstein. Josh, thanks for joining Locked Packers. Yeah, thanks for having me. So one of the things that we've been talking about a lot um, in Packers media, Packers fans, is what the offense is going to look like with Brett Hundley. Obviously, no Aaron Rodgers in this game. And one of the things I talked about with Mike Triplett earlier in the week was, what is New Orleans going to do defensively? Because a lot of times what defenses like to do is take and play coverage and make a quarterback read defenses and beat them. But New Orleans has succeeded lately being aggressive. If if you had to guess, what do you think New Orleans will do defensively against Brett Hundley?
2: So, I mean, Dennis Allen likes to mix up his calls, but he has been blitzing a lot more recently, it seems like, and definitely, you know, in the past three games they've had success with that, so I imagine they'll be mostly aggressive. I mean, I think <laughs> they might not be as aggressive, you know, as they were last week against the Lions because, you know, they they knew Matthew Stafford was hobbled, they knew the offensive line you know, had some injury issues as well. So, you know, they felt like the best way to attack Stafford was just to, you know, make him think and, and, and react immediately. And (laughs) honestly, that might be the best way to approach Hundley as well. The thing is, I mean, I I think they saw, you know, the interceptions that he threw, they know that he might just make mistakes if they, you know, run some vanilla kind of stuff. So I imagine we'll see a blend, but there'll be plenty of blitzes. And, um, you know, I think, you know, the, the, one reason the saints have been so good recently is they've just been playing really good man coverage. And so I think, you know, they'll just hope that, uh, you know, uh, Hundley will be just a little bit off the mark on
1: a few of his throws. One of the things I noticed going through the roster um, is the offense has been, has been really good. Again, Drew Brees, obviously is one of the best to ever do it, but if you go through it, you know, Michael Thomas is a a good receiver, young receiver, but after that, Willie Snead is a nice player. Ted Ginn has some strengths, but You're not going to go, oh well. New Orleans has these huge, huge personnel matchup advantages here, 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 and here. That's just not the case, and yet they've been continued to be so successful this season.
2: So I will say, um, I think their biggest matchup advantage is with their running backs. I think you know Mark Ingram is a very underrated receiver. I mean, that's a part of his game that he's continued to improve really throughout the course of his career, and we've seen him doing well with it this year, and then. Alan Kamara is a matchup nightmare. I mean, this guy has been a beast since he got here. And I mean, he is really the reason that they traded Adrian Peterson because, you know, they just wanted to do everything they could to get Kamara, the ball more and more involved in the offense. So I think, you know, that'll be a tough matchup for the Packers linebackers and safeties is dealing with those guys. Um, But yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. Like, I mean, there's nothing. I remember last year when they had Brandon cooks, the saints kept saying, you know, they had the best wide receiver trio in the NFL. Like, you got cooks and Snead and uh, Thomas, but I mean, really right now the only bona fide, you know, star in that, in that group is Thomas. Cause we haven't really seen Snead do much yet this year. Again, obviously has his flaws, you know, as, as, as much as he can help. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, we'll, you, you will probably see a healthy dose of those running backs, you know, both running and
1: receiving all game. Yeah. Green Bay 27th in defensive DVOA defending running backs. So uh, I, I think you're you're right on that. That the running backs is probably where New Orleans has the biggest advantage. It, on the other side, uh, Brett Hundley, obviously coming and making his first start at home, the the Saints defense has been playing much better, but but not against top tier offensive uh, competition. The Lions offense has low key been bad this year. How how would you attack this Saints defense if you were going to put together a game plan for Mike McCarthy?
2: Good question. I would probably try to run the ball. I mean, their their run defense has been really solid. AJ Klein, uh, the new you know, I guess we'll call him the middle linebacker because they really only use two linebackers in most packages. Um, you know, he's he's been really helpful with the run defense, and Cam Jordan's obviously really good in that area too. But I mean, I think you know, with, knowing it's Hundley, and you know, you only have a week to to get him ready for a defense that has looked really good the past few games. I think that you know, you just gotta hope to break the defense down with the run, sort of get them, you know, sinking run and then maybe hit them with a pass at some point later. And obviously I I do think that, you know, even though the Saints have been good in coverage uh, with Marshawn Lattimore and Ken Crawley, I, I still think the Packers probably have an advantage with their receivers against the Saints cornerbacks. So, I mean, you would want to exploit that, but ultimately I think, you know, the best way to just sort of, Keep this game, you know, from from getting out of hand and making it too tough for an inexperienced quarterback is just to run the ball. Whether that's Montgomery, I mean, Aaron Jones looked like the kind of back, you know, a few weeks ago that could probably do some damage to the Saints. But uh, I mean, it's going to be tough. I mean, just because the Saints have been playing really well. I mean, it, it sounds so weird to say that about their
1: defense, but you know, I can't stress it enough. What can you tell our listeners about Ken Crawley? Because I'm sure it's not a name that that a lot of people are super familiar with, and And early in the year, the the corners were being were being abused, and then Crawley goes in there, and he's been really good since he he, he's started taking more and more snaps.
2: Yeah, and I I sort of I I was going to say like I would attack Crawley, um, and that's not necessarily something that you're going to win with. But I mean, if he's got you know Jordy Nelson or Devontae Adams, I would think that you know one of those guys could beat him. So I imagine Hundley will be looking his way a lot because Marshawn Lattimore, the rookie first round pick, has been you know excellent. Similarly, ever been like he he took Brandon Cooks out of that game, even though the, the Patriots you know dominated anyway. But uh, Ken Crawley is in his second year, undrafted guy out of Colorado last year, uh, made the Saints with a stellar training camp. in like every practice he was breaking up a couple passes or getting a pick, and then <clears throat> he was pressed into action early as a rookie and did not go very well. He was like, I mean, he, he was. There were a couple times he was exposed, and then in in week two uh, against the Giants, he, like, gave up a big play that led to the Giants winning, and it was the exact kind of play that, you know, he had been making uh, to help the Saints, you know, in camp and in the preseason. Uh, So he didn't end up playing that much more last year, ended the year hurt, but then this year he came back, was great in camp again, and everyone thought that, you know, he was going to be involved, you know, somehow playing a role, but he was actually inactive the first two games as the Saints went with a couple other guys. Um, as their, you know, number three, number four cornerbacks. And then he basically went from uh, inactive to starting because uh, Lattimore had a concussion. So they just put Crawley right into the starting lineup and he was great in week three against the Panthers. And then week four against the Dolphins, uh, PJ Williams was like being disciplined. We still don't know what it was for Uh, Fox had said at the beginning of the game that like it was going to be just a few series or something like that, but then Crawley had a pick on the first uh, possession of the game in the end zone, and then he just stayed in, and he started last week, and he's been playing really well. I mean, uh, you know, there's not much I can say bad about him because, I mean, uh, he hasn't really had many miscues, and obviously we'll see if he can keep that going.
1: This this is like the Delvin Bro story all over again almost. Is is this just uh, Aaron Glenn coaching these guys up, or or what's going on?
2: Uh, that's definitely part of it. I mean, Aaron Glenn is definitely getting these guys, you know, to where they need to be. Um, and and I think, you know, part of the reason they were still bad last year is a lot of the guys were just so young, like, like, like Crawley specifically. Um, but I think he's just a really, I mean, he's a good player. Like he was good in college. He was definitely one of those guys that, you know, the Saints were really glad that they were able to, you know, ink him as a undrafted guy and you know he wanted to come here because he saw an opportunity you know I mean it's a you know it's a typical story it's just you know I mean he had all the tools he just had to you know get it all in place because I mean he's fast he's physical Uh, I mean he he does look like he's on the lighter side but I mean he doesn't really get pushed around very much Uh, there was one play last week where he really struggled to tackle Golden Tate and that turned into a long touchdown but for the most part like I said he's really been sharp and Um, you know but as you said earlier it's not like the Saints have gone up against an elite offense and obviously without Aaron Rodgers I don't know that we can you know consider the Packers to be that but you know it seems like every week is a is a test in some way and we'll see if they can keep it going Uh,
1: the the home road splits um, is always a topic of discussion with Drew Brees with the Saints and part of that is because they're so um, incredible offensively at home but it seems to me that if you're going to take it, if you're going to have a team that can play well on the road, you need to be playing good defense. You need to be able to run the ball, and the Saints' offense is balanced, and their defense is playing really well. Is this the is this the best built a Saints team has been in a little while to to win on the road? I think so, um,
2: and it really starts with the defense because I mean they were running the ball really well last year too, um, and I think their offensive line might actually be a little bit better uh, right now because. Uh, Teron Armstead missed a lot of time last year. He's back now. I think Ramcheck has been playing really well. Um, and then, you know, Larry Warford at right guard is an upgrade over Jari Evans, who you are obviously familiar with. Um, and I hear he's, you know, still doing good stuff for the Packers, but Warford's a lot younger and, um, you know, has, has been a big hit, you know, they're they're top paid free agency so far, but, uh, top paid free agent, excuse me. Um, But, no, I I think, you know, because the defense is playing better, you know, they definitely can do a lot more, you know, clock control sort of stuff because, you know, before there were so many times where they were coming from behind, so they just had to throw the ball. And, you know, I think that, you know, now they know how to keep games close and and they're trying to, you know, lean on the run game early in games. Like last week uh, against the Lions, they had more rushing yards than passing yards. I think that was the first time that happened since 2009 for the Saints. So, yeah, I mean, they are built to, you know, go on the road, even in like cold weather or something, because Mark Ingram, you know, is such an effective running back. And, uh, yeah, I think as long as the defense keeps playing well, you know, they're going to, they're going to be tough to beat anywhere. I,
1: I still can't wrap my head around the idea that the Saints won a game 50, or scoring 55 points in which Drew Brees threw one touchdown and threw for under 200 yards. It seems impossible.
2: Yeah, 52, but, but still, or, you know, yeah. like anytime you get over 50, it's crazy. Um, Yeah, no, it was, so they were running the ball like really well early, and then the defense scored three touchdowns, first time in franchise history they've ever done that. Amazing. Uh, yeah, it was it was one of the craziest games I've ever seen, maybe the craziest because uh, there was a moment there where we thought the Lions might actually complete a thirty-five point comeback because yeah. they got it all the way down to seven, but Saints found a way to keep them at bay. Uh,
1: the the one matchup that I that I think is going to be critical in this game, Lane Taylor, the the Packers' starting left guard, looks like he's going to be out, and Sheldon Rankins. Um, since he came back from, from, was it a leg injury uh, in his rookie season?
2: Yeah, he broke his fibula in
1: training camp. But he's he has really progressed nicely, and, and if he can be disruptive along the interior, that hurts the Packers' running game and then creates pressure for Brett Hundley up the middle, which is, as as Saints fans know, is, is death for a quarterback.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's the one thing Breeze always struggles with. But, uh, yeah, <clears throat> Rankins hasn't been you know, I mean, he hasn't quite lived up to the hype yet, but he's definitely showing more and being more consistent, you know, as an, as an all around player. Um, so, yeah, I think the Saints will find a way to exploit that, whether that's Rankin's uh, David Onyemata, their other second year defensive tackle has been playing well. They also like to, you know, mix up their defensive end and get them inside sometimes, whether it's Alex Okafor, I think does it the most, but, you know, they'll move cam all around the line, you know, on certain players just to get him the best matchup. So.
1: Uh, yeah, don't be surprised if if uh, the Saints find a way to exploit that. Cam Jordan on Justin McRae just made me shiver a little bit. Um, <laughs> okay, Josh, uh, I'll uh, I'll get you out of here on this. I I, I can't let you go without getting a uh, a prediction. I, I've said all week that I think the point spread is too high, and now the point spread has come down. It's now Saints minus four and a half as we tape this.
2: Interesting. So I was actually saying earlier that it wouldn't surprise me if the Saints won by like twenty um but i also think that this is like definitely a trap game for them because they're riding high right now and you know obviously it'd be easy to overlook the packers cuz Rodgers is out but i do still think the saints will win and just for our friends in vegas i'll say uh 27 to 22 just so we will have the Saints covering Got but it. Uh, I, I I think it'll I think it'll be a good game I, I do think you know the Packers defense can give the Saints uh some problems so they won't be scoring 52 again but you know we'll see if uh, if the Packers defense can force some turnovers that might be the best way to score
1: I had 27 21 or 27 24 somewhere in there so we are uh we are in agreement though I, I think you're right that there is there's certainly the possibility the Saints win by 20 there is almost no scenario where the Packers win by 20 so I think that that probably tells you what you need to know in terms of uh, who is likely to win this game.
2: For sure. Thanks for joining the we'll program, Josh. I, sure. uh, yeah, no problem, man. I appreciate it.
1: I want to thank Josh for joining Locked on Packers. You can find his writing at the, at uh, nola.com slash saints. You can find him on Twitter at Jay Katzenstein. Many of you probably recognize him from his days in Detroit covering the Lions. He is now covering the Saints and does a great job. I've said all week, I think the Packers lose this game, but I think they cover. Given, given how healthy the offensive line is, I think they have a better chance than I gave them earlier in the week. I still think there is a lot we don't know about the New Orleans Saints. Are they good? We don't know. Is the defense actually good? We don't know. The question is, can Dom Capers come up with a plan for Drew Brees? The Lions didn't actually have a bad plan last week. There was just an avalanche of defensive touchdowns and the game got out of hand. The Saints scored 50-plus, and and Drew Brees passed for under 200 yards. Green Bay has to tackle. They cannot give up big plays, and they have to protect Brett Hundley. If they do those three things, they can win the game. If Mike McCarthy can make Brett Hundley be a serviceable NFL quarterback, they can win this game. I'm not going to predict it because I need to see what they look like with a full week to prepare, but I like their chances coming off the bye, especially healthy. And I would say I'm more optimistic than most about the the prospects of this team moving forward. You can feel however you want to feel. You want to wallow in self-pity, that's fine. That is your right. I'm excited. I've said it all week. I am excited to see Brett Hundley play. There's a lot of people that are excited to see Brett Hundley play. Before we get out of here, I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge giveaway. In order to enter, you just need to review the podcast on iTunes. Put your name and your Twitter handle in the review. And you could win an NFL Edge subscription with player grades, charts, fantasy tools, draft tools, all sorts of data that can help you be smarter about the game that we all love. Just put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of the podcast, preferably a nice review. That'd be great. Just, hey, this is, this is worth listening to. And if you do like the podcast and we are growing, we've been steadily growing. Last week was the biggest week that I had as host, which was preceded by the biggest week that I'd had, and preceded by that. We are growing, and I appreciate that. I thank you for that. If you like the show, tell a friend. There is always a Packer fan nearby. So find him or her, and tell them about the show. You follow me on Twitter, at Peter underscore If you like the extra show, let me know. If you don't like it, keep it to yourself. My hope is, as the season goes forward, we have to rely less and less on information in the injury report. But this is football, so let's be honest, that's probably not going to happen. So when necessary, we will hop on for a fifth show of the week and give you more Packers content. This worked out great because we were able to get Josh, and Josh was able to provide us with information above and beyond just who's hurt who's heard. I want to thank Josh again for doing that. I want to thank you for listening. And as always, stay locked on Packers.
0: the list.